0: And welcome to another edition of the Standard Groom Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standig, and I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic, which means on Saturday night, I was at FedEx Field. I, I imagine some of you were as well, because the Commanders moved their practice uh, from the usual confines in Ashburn out to Landover. And uh, an interesting day, to say the least. A lot of you got to see the things that we've been writing about and tweeting about and talking about in person from Carson Wentz to the defense uh, and some of the lineups, things along those lines. Um, I'll talk about that in a little bit. But the main show today, fun guest, first-time guest here on the podcast, Washington great Santana Moss joined me to discuss what he's been seeing so far through two weeks of training camp. Uh, We got into, of course, the receivers. I had to ask him about Jahan Dotson, who's clearly been One of the uh, stars of camp got his impression, of course, of Carson Wentz as well. The the inaccuracies, building that chemistry, the upside that comes with a quarterback with Carson Wentz's skills. We got into all that and along with a bunch of other things that he has uh, seen so far this um, uh, so far in this camp. And just obviously relating to his experiences, where teams should be sort of two weeks into camp, what's concerning, what's not concerning things along those lines, a really fun conversation was glad to have it and excited to share it with you in a few minutes here on the podcast. Uh, of course, uh, you know, you can, I say this every time, but I always, always mean this. I really appreciate everybody who drops, uh, a, a note to me on Twitter at Ben Standig, who leaves a review on iTunes. Of course, we appreciate that. It helps the cause greatly. If you have a quick moment to, to leave a rating and a, and a review, um, all that's great. You, of course, also subscribe to the Athletic. My new story up today. I did a sort of stock up, stock down on where people uh, are at, and and you know, I, I sometimes it's like when you just have a two choices, the up or down. Sometimes it gets can, can get a little confusing with certain guys because it's not like if you say they're down, it's like total disaster, and if you say they're up, it doesn't mean they're the greatest player ever. But I tried to give some some thoughts as to who's on who's going going in which directions who's been standing out in camp things along those lines um i'm talking to you on sunday night by monday we'll have a new roster out there or at least new players on the roster cuz the reds the redskins i haven't done that i haven't done that one in a while the commanders uh will uh have to have some new players they made a bunch of moves today we'll go through them right now really quick they released the following players quarterback Cole Kelly, who was the fourth quarterback. It's a little bit odd that they would move on from him this quickly. Um, I'd be lying if I told you I was, I was scouting Cole Kelly start to finish, but haven't noticed too much other than he's a ginormous human being. Um, they don't have a they only have the three now, so he's out. We'll see if he comes back somehow. But you would think if he was going to be a practice squad guy, you'd keep him around, but they moved on. They also released linebacker. Bryce Notre and guard Tyrese Robinson, which Robinson's a little surprising. He was somebody they um, was a a a priority free agent type guy or undrafted free agent, I should say. Um, Not that I thought he had a chance to make the roster, but just seemed like somebody you they they would keep around. They moved on from those three. Who's coming in? All right, they, they brought in safety Stephen Parker, tight end Eli Wolf. You need guys for training camp. There's and a tight end in particular. There's. Some depth issues right now because of injuries to Logan Thomas, John Bates, and now Cole Turner, who had a hamstring injury on Friday, did not participate Saturday. The bigger name today that they added, and it's not a big name, but it's at a position we've talked about a bunch, and this guy has played in the league, and that is Nathan Geary. I think I'm saying that right. Linebacker. He played four years with the Eagles. He was a draft pick of Philadelphia's, played from 2017 to 2020. Didn't play last year in in the, in the a regular season game. He was on the Niners practice squad. He has starting experience. He's played, I believe, 46 games in total. Started roughly about half of those games for the Eagles. Uh, this is not a, wow, look at what this defense just added kind of a player. But it is a depth piece because we've talked about this so much. <laughs> how, how, once you get past Cole Holcomb, and if we assume that Jamin Davis can at least be out on the field in a reasonable way, now you're looking at David Mayo, Kalik Hudson, two guys who basically didn't play much last year until the injuries struck late in the year. And then it's a sort of bunch of sort of random pieces behind them. Uh, guys like um, Milo Eifler, uh, you know, some under, and of course, by the way, they, they just lost some players undrafted free agent, drew white suffered a season ending injury. Um, knee injury so he's out Trey Walker another undrafted linebacker he retired only to then come back so he was actually back out there yesterday I don't you know it's hard to know where he's at uh exactly but Ron Rivera said that he is back um and I think he is somebody that they had that they've kind of liked but you know we'll have to see where he's at but either way from a body standpoint if nothing else they have that um you know if you made me do a 53 right now having not seen Geary play one second here I would sort of logically think he could make the team. I mean, he's got experience and they did just add him. You know, there's always the special teams variable and things like that. But if they only keep five linebackers, I would kind of think they would maybe keep a uh, a veteran type, but we'll see. Either way, they added somebody else. Um, just since we're here at linebacker, we'll just mention, you know, well, Jamin Davis is obviously a big topic of conversation throughout this offseason, uh, throughout this summer. I've seen some Jamin Davis do some good things. I've seen him be effective at times rushing the passer. I've seen him have a good awareness in coverage. There was a goal line stand. I wrote about this the other day. Uh, The offense took over the ball at the two-yard line, four downs to do something, and they did nothing, in part because uh, Jamin Davis, in consecutive plays, he was on the run-stuffing play on the second down, and then on third down, he was out in coverage defending a tight end uh, to the point where Carson Wentz rolling out just had to throw the ball away. I think Jamie Davis has done some good things enough to say that he's going to be out there. He's going to make some big some impact. I'm not ready to say that. Um, it's also been noted that David Mayo has been getting more work with the first team. Now, I think this is a, a it's important to note this is more situational than it's an indication of that 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 the starting linebacker spot next to Holcomb is up for grabs. When they go with five defensive linemen, right, the, the obvious sort of starting four, I'm meaning obvious, meaning I can Chase Young is there, which we know he won't be for at least week one and probably a few more games. Uh, but whatever the starting four is, you've got Fidarian Mathis over the nose. And when they want a big lineup, then the two linebackers have been Cole Holcomb and David Mayo. Jamin Davis uh, will be out there the majority of the time, though, because the majority of the time, that's not what they're doing. They're going sub-packages and so on. So Jamin Davis is still going to be out there a lot, but they are starting to show where they think David Mayo can fit in with this group. David Mayo does have previous starting experience. He just didn't play a lot last year. And you know, he's a guy and I don't mean that in a jerky way. I just mean he's not some star. They're going to need Jamin Davis to really at a minimum be a viable player on the field when he's out there, whether he's a a, a playmaker a a guy worthy of being having picked in the first round. We'll see. But he's shown some progress, and we'll see where we go from here. Uh, beyond that, Santana and I, as I said, talked a bunch about Carson Wentz, and he leads us to say he's been an up and down story in in camp. The inaccuracy uh, are, are pretty evident, whether we're talking about you know live plays or even just talking sort of that those layup line throws when it's just a quarterback throwing to a receiver who's running a route f- defended by air. Even there, he's been off with his targets. It's a combination of, of mechanics with his feet. Uh, and just, he's just not the most accurate quarterback. This isn't breaking news. This is kind of where he's been in his career They have to figure out ways to maximize what he can do versus what, try to de-emphasize what he can't do. Santana had some really good thoughts on that, but I'm just noting that's been a real thing and if you were out at the stadium last night you were watching the practice from start to finish and I'm Carson Wentz you saw it for yourself you don't need me or the other reporters to tell you what's happening he has been inaccurate last night was not an aberration um I flat out asked Ron Rivera after the game where are you at with Carson Wentz's inaccuracies and this is what Rivera said back to me. I kind of asked it, maybe not as blunt as I just said it, but I didn't really give a sugar Cody kind of an answer. His re- answer to me, quote, it's a lot better than you give him credit for just because of the way things happen in practice. There's a lot of little nuances that we see and that we look at and get to review. There are some inaccuracies, but it's nothing that we are overly concerned about, end quote. I mean, look, he's obviously going to say that, but, Look, I mean, I. Uh, they knew what they were getting into when they acquired him. They didn't acquire a seventy-five percent completion percentage guy. Not that everybody's throwing completing that many passes, but and then all of a sudden he's down in the in the sixties or the low sixties. Like this has been an issue. There's also the upside that comes with the Carson Wentz experience. We saw that last night—a deep shot to Mark and Mique- M- Michelle down the field. He's hit others as well. So the good and the bad is there. Just a matter of over these next few weeks. Can they get more of the good instead of the inconsistencies um, that have sort of plagued him at times during his career? Um, Other than that, I think we've got an interesting week coming ahead. I mean, the other question I asked Ron Rivera last night was, uh, just to be clear, we've reached a point now where it's not not early anymore, right? That you're expecting more from the players. And he said, yes, we are, in fact, expecting more from them. Practice is important. How you practice translates to what happens in the game. That was That's the point he's trying to emphasize to these guys. And you can kind of tell they're picking up the tempo with what they're doing in practice. They're trying to be more aggressive with with some of their live uh, sessions, live drills. Um, you know, they're, they're wanting to see more. Obviously, there is a preseason game on Saturday against Carolina uh, at, at FedEx Field. So, you know, they've got to get ready for this. It may be a preseason game, and we all may just laugh. At, at, at sort of whatever the result is, good or bad, or, you know, uh, we make fun of our de- gambling degenerate friends who are going to bet on a preseason game, but the game does have uh, does have value. You, these are when w- decisions are starting to be made, on who's going to make this team. It's not enough just to shine bright in the games you got or, or in practice. You got to do it when the games turn for real. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. We'll also get, I guess, to see just this week who is available for practice. I mentioned the tight end situation. John Bates has missed several days with a uh, calf injury. I mentioned Cole Turner's got the hamstring. So they're down a lot at tight end. Uh, So that's one thing we'll see this week is, is Cole. Do we get any sign of when Bates or Turner may be available? The fact that they did add another tight end gives some indication that we may not see them back anytime, uh, or we may not see them back in the next few days. We'll see on that. There's always Curtis Samuel watch, of course. He did participate yesterday in the practice, uh, but it's been, you know, sort of one day on one, you know, two days off kind of thing. So we'll see where we're at this week with Samuel. Uh, who else? James Smith Williams has been out with a hip issue. I think Casey Tuhill has been really nice. He, he was in my stock up list. Um, and I've also liked B- uh, Bummy Routini. I think F.A. Abada really looks like a, an interesting player for them this year. Uh, William Bradley King, Shaka Tony have had moments as well. So it's an interesting group. I, I, I'm you know, it's not a, you know, wow, they have this player coming in as the third defensive end kind of situation. But I think you have a lot of solid pieces with some interesting potential. So uh, the game will be a fun one to see how these guys perform. And we'll, of course, get to watch them throughout practice as well. And, and as we know, there's a bunch of other things to pay attention to. The, the backup cornerback situations, uh, the running back um, the hierarchy, as it will. Um, and just keep watching you know the of course the offensive line you know Trey Turner has been out for over a week at this point with his quad injury they have started to instead of having Wes Schweitzer at center he's now been playing more guard recently with Keith Ishmael at center I don't necessarily know that this means anything other than they may be just wanting to finally take a look at Schweitzer at guard. Not that they haven't seen him play, of course, but you know this is a new year. Um, I don't think Sadiq Charles has done much to, to enter that conversation based on when he was in there. And now, you know, we don't we don't know definitively who's going to be the backup center because Tyler Larson is still on the pup list. So Keith Ismail could end up being that guy, or could be Schweitzer, um, you know, sort of being the bat, the primary backup at guard and center. Questions to be had, and we'll see how the line performs this week regardless of who is in there um but right now let's get to the conversation santana moss a blast first time he's been on the podcast excited to talk to him and uh ready for you guys to hear it uh let's get to my conversation with uh washington commander's analyst and of course washington great wide receiver santana moss here on the standard groom only podcast all right joining us here on the podcast as promised he is of course one of the uh, best receivers in franchise history. He's working as an analyst for the team site, and he easily has one of the my favorite names in sports. He is, of course, Santana Moss. Uh, I, uh, oh, oh, I always loved the, your name. I would think to myself, what would life be like if my name was Santana yeah. Moss? I, I think that would be a good way to go through life. That, does, that, does that help your cause?
1: It's crazy, man. Um, I get a lot of folks that tell me that, so I appreciate it, first and foremost, but I never looked at it until... You know, you hear guys like Smoot. Smoot used to get on it all the time, man. Like, I mean, your name just rings, you know. And I remember being in college, Reggie Wayne said that to me one time. We had a bi- I had a big game in a um uh, in one of the our, our biggest games against one of our rivals. And he was like, Bro, it's just your name. It just it just means you're gonna step up in those kind of games. And I never really put nothing to that and it just you know, now that I look back at it, man, I gotta I gotta really say a, a special thanks to my auntie. She's not no she's no longer with us. Uh she named me. She gave me my first and my middle name. And my mom, of course, had the last name. So, you know, it just all you know ran together.
0: That the, there you go. Look, I know there's like scientific ways to like scout, you know, you study the tape, you meet the people. Yeah. That's all important. For me, there's always a part of me, it's like, okay, what's the person's name? Some names yeah. I I just not gonna work. Other names are yeah. like, you know what? That guy, <laughs> I want that yeah. guy.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> well, I appreciate the time. Uh, we're talking on Sunday. We were both at the stadium on Saturday, and I wanted to get your impressions kind of 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 what we saw and just where this team is in, in, in general. Uh, and of course, I'll ask you about some of the receivers as well. But I guess let will all start like we're two weeks into this thing. Mm-hmm. As a guy who's been through this, w- w- like what are the expectations of where a team is supposed to be at this point? in training camp because sometimes i think when we're watching this we're like they're still making mistakes or 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 this does or, or maybe it's the other way like somebody's really flashing but but we have to remind our remind ourselves that nothing's really happened yet there we haven't seen up there's not been a game there hasn't been a tackle for real what 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 are your expectations for a team at this point in the training camp process
1: it varies um honestly i've, I've been on i've been on teams where we demolished everything that was thrown at us through through the training camp um practices or uh, uh, when it comes to preseason games I mean when I say went out there and just destroyed everything looked good and had a bad season so you have to take it it has a grain of salt man like a grain of salt it just it varies but what you want to see every day from a coach's standpoint you want to see the team progress and when you see them being able to uh, be thrown in situations and be able to respond in them situations, meaning responding by having good outcomes, whether you're putting up points, you're moving the ball, you are, you, uh, you, you, you taking advantage of some of those, those blitz periods, and you're picking the blitzes up, things like that. You know, you want to see the team respond. So I, I think that's when you start really grading your team and seeing where we at when it comes to going forward to being put in these situations come game day. But, I still believe that, you know, training camp is hard to really get the true feel until you throw it out there and it's live bullets.
0: You, you mentioned some of your own experiences. Was there a t- one of the years you remember specifically where you thought, boy, we're looking really good and it didn't work out?
1: Or maybe the other way, like, eh, I don't know, and it went better than you thought? No, I can't pinpoint the year. It been I think about it, I played 14 years, and I remember in both stints, you know, my early all years, with uh New York and then the years here in Washington, man, I remember being a part of teams that we just didn't play well in the regular season and we were scratching our head like, man, training camp was man, we was just we had so much promise going into the season and just didn't work out that way. So, um, but like I said before, even when you look at teams from last year that that played well and that didn't play well, you know, you think about the coach team. <laughs> you know, they came out and you like, oh, this coach team, we expected more and and then they all of a sudden they turned the corner and you saw the defense step up and the offense progressed as they started doing different things with the run game, stuff like that. So that always stands out to me as a, a guy now, spectating, sitting in the seat that I'm sitting in now, because I didn't play close attention to it when I was a player. As a player, you're basically just checking in and you, you're saying to yourself, right, it's gonna happen. Somebody gotta make a play. It's gonna happen. Somebody got to make a play. Cause that's the mind frame I'm in mean, as a player. You're just thinking like. All it takes is one guy to make a play and then now the momentum shifts. So that's the way you get out of, you know, ruts or, or or those bad moments. But when you watch it from the outside, you see it differently. And that's why I don't really get too caught up in it because um, I just want the team to slowly or however, it could be quick, you know, just progress every time they get a chance to,
0: you know, it's interesting what you just said about that is not always, but sometimes it feels like there's a disconnect between those on the outside and those on the inside. And as somebody who is like, I, you know, I, I grew up rooting for the teams in this town and I've been covering them for a few years. You always try to get a feel for what's going on, but ultimately, you know, it's like, it's like the term uh, next man up. Yeah. It's something that everybody always likes to say, but at some point I'm like, okay, that can't really be, it can't be constant. You can't constantly be the next man up. Some eventually the talent runs out, but when you're inside in the locker room, mm-hmm. it is absolutely how you're thinking because it is how we've been trained as athletes i do always feel like there's this weird disconnect between the outside and the and the people on the inside until like you said maybe when you then escape that you, yeah. you see okay now i'm kind of seeing how the outside works i'm not saying we're, we're always right i'm just meaning the disconnect of how people are kind of viewing the same situations.
1: no doubt no i feel you I, I feel you on that and you know as a player you know i try to put myself in those guys shoes now you know uh, i'm i'm we are we are a lot different when it comes to how we look at things how we listen to things how we view them you know as players i'm speaking on because a lot of these guys now listen to what we have to say more than what we did back then now i can't tell you how many folks didn't listen i know personally i didn't i didn't think it was healthy enough for my game to listen to criticism you know what i mean constructive criticism may it be whatever it is i just feel like we all humans some of that stuff seeks through and it it mess up your mental, you know, we all human. So, you know, we can, some of us respond well with it. Some of us don't. Um, Some of us get it, you know, you know, put a chip on our shoulder because of it. And some of us just fold, you know, you can't get out of it. So, but I, but I listened to a lot of the guys today and they listen. they really listen. So, you know, I've always said when I was playing, a lot of times I didn't feel like the media really had a a, a clear view of what we were seeing. And I'm like, man, it's, They know what's going on when it comes to us not playing well, but they don't really realize what it takes for us to build this chemistry and for us to have the momentum and ride it. You know, like I like I just alluded, you can you can suck, but the momentum can shift everything, and it's all about a player or two here and there. And that was something that Cal Shanahan was good. That that staff was good. You know, Mike and those guys, they was good at knowing when to take advantage of the momentum. Like we were, they were always hard. All it takes is one play. All it takes is one play, and when you see it happen, you can you can just. I I never been a part of success like that 2012 season because even though I had some years where we had great years, but you saw the switch when it was turned on. It was like you was riding on one of those things on Mario Brothers where you just couldn't be touched. You know what I mean? You just yeah. bumping. You can run through everything, and that's man as a player, it's a great feeling. And uh, when we had those moments you could be the best team in the league. And when you don't, you can look like the worst team, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I, I, that's a great perspective. And even just like with with this team last year, right? They start two and six. I'm writing stories about, okay, what what's the offseason playing? plan. And, and then they win the next four games. Even when you lose, when they lost chase young and Montez sweat, you're just like, wait, what is going on here? But momentum started to build. Obviously things kind of went the wrong way from there, but that's the sort of like, you know, momentum is real. And if you can, kind of keep building on it you know you never know what what, what can happen mm-hmm. um speaking of that let, let's get to the team so you've been you're around them I, I know I obviously see you out there at training camp you were out um at, at the stadium last night just kind of in the, to what we're talking about what's your view of this team right now kind of where they're at what's kind of been standing out to you
1: I mean defense is stood out I mean throughout the whole entire training camp you know it, at, at times it gets hard to watch <laughs> you know I'm like oh my god i you know, can I see some, 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 some plays from the offensive side? Can I see something more than one or two plays here and there? So it's hard to watch it then. And then you watch last night, you like, hmm. you know, under the lights. Now I'm still going to see these plays. So that that's basically all boils down to what I was just talking about. Like it, it's crazy as it may seem, but it's training camp and that's what happens. But, you know, I was waiting to see more than a two play drive from this offense. You know what I mean? Like, I hadn't seen two plays put together, you know, uh, in a row, the entire camp. And that's just from my eyes. It could have happened when I had my back turned and I was, you know, on the show or something like that. But from when I was watching, you know, I hadn't seen, you know, them look well enough for me to have a little, you know, you know, feel good about it. But then at the same time, I'm like, this is our defense. And if they're playing like this, then I hope they play like this the entire time, you know, the whole entire season. Because to me, I feel like they playing with they the ears pinned back, pinned back, and they just letting it all rip. You know, you see guy after guy. I mean, guys, you don't even know out there making plays. I mean, I, I get I can't tell you how many times I'm I'm listening to the crowd erupt, and it's mostly the guys on the field on the defense on the sideline running to the other end zone because someone got an interception. So I'm like, man, what is going on out here in practice? But last night, watching the team as a whole, it was great to see them in c- certain situations, like I just spoke on. And the offense be productive, you know, and that's what I want to see because, you know, we know at the end of the day, man, we we can sit here and talk about this off. I mean, this defense, but everyone come to see what Carson is going to be able to do with his offense. And, you know, right now, regardless of how they feel about him, you know, from what he's been through, you know, they all basically sitting there hoping that he can play real good because we are we are in dire need of this offense being a good offense so we can really have a chance this year.
0: Yeah, no, for for, for sure. Right. I mean, we can talk about all the different phases, but it's going to come down to the quarterback. And obviously there's a lot to to look at with Carson Wentz. I'm sure as a receiver, you love a quarterback who's got a a strong arm like he does. Mm -hmm. And at a minimum, I keep saying his presence is going to raise the ceiling for what this offense is capable of, because it's going to get the parts of the playbook that we just really didn't get to last year uh, or even in recent years uh, because of his arm and his other talents. He's obviously been a good player in this league. That's mm-hmm. the good stuff. Then there's the things like the inaccuracy. And we've seen that a lot in practice. Saw that last night at, for people who are at the game. It's part of his career. This is not a, a, a new thing here. So as as you look at him as a receiver, as a, as an analyst now, what what are you kind of seeing with Carson Wentz that you're liking? And what are you seeing that maybe still some questions?
1: I mean, what I see that I like is just knowing, like you said, you spoke on his presence. I think he has the presence that has the sense that what he's going to bring to the defense that we face that now they can't just try him because when you want to bring everybody up, that's when we go to, we, we can attack, you know, and we have the guys on the outside. We, we have the quarterback with the um and all we have to do is protect at that one given play, you know, but what will happen is defense is going to have to pick and choose how they want to play us. And with the advantage of having a quarterback with capability having weapons and having a a strong backfield. So we have to be strong in the backfield because we know we can play good football. If those guys are hitting on all cylinders, we get to dictate what we want to bring to the defense. We get to dictate what we're going to run. And when we get to dictate things, now you allow yourself to have those plays or those opportunities for plays. You know, last year we saw a lot of the guys playing up on us saying, okay, Heineke can't throw the ball behind us. So we're going to play up. We're going to not allow you to run these intermediate, you know, routes. And if he don't get the ball off right now, he has to be special or heroic. Can't do that with Carson because we know, one, he can be heroic, which we don't want him to be heroic. But we also know his checkdowns. He's a better checkdown thrower. He can get that ball out quicker. And in immediate routes, we can kill you because all those guys are capable of catching and running. So that's going to be something that I'm interested in seeing how teams play us. And if they want to be, you know, you know, froggy and jump, then jump. And then we're going to hit you behind you because we have the guys to do that also. So I'm going to see how, you know, um, Turner, you know, call these plays for him, man, because I think what I want to see more of is just not trying to make him be a veteran quarterback. Give him enough that he can handle right now going forward that he's comfortable with and slowly let him be the guy that he's going to be. You know, I, I you know, I, I hate when I see a lot of teams get veteran quarterbacks. And they say, huh, here's the book, learn it and be ready. No, you know, you still have to coach these guys up as well as you coach the young guys. So give him something that he's comfortable with that he can really get a rhythm and build his confidence up. And then from there, now we don't have to talk about too much of the the basically obvious. We know sometimes he get inactive. We know sometimes he's going to throw high and hot. That's him. That's been his, you know, his career. But give him something that he can get in the rhythm which every quarterback needs a rhythm just like receivers we need a rhythm we need to get in rhythm with the ball and feel how it feels how it's coming so you give him something that he can get confident behind and then you can see him be productive and then if our defense is doing what they're capable of doing then we have a team that can really play together and play off each other
0: uh yeah no it's it's, it's a great point it's not it's it, it does drive me crazy when coaches try to force somebody to do things that they're just because that's what they want versus what the player is 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 capable of or is this most comfortable doing. Um, to that end, from my layman's view, as I'm watching practices, he's got the big arm and he's obviously been able to hit some deep balls. We saw one last night to Mark and Michelle. In practice, he's he's hit Jahan Dodson and Terry deep. But it feels like the more time he has to look, and then when he gets chased a little bit out of the pocket, is when things start to go a bit wrong. That when he's taking the snap and immediately figuring out where he wants to go, that's where it's seemingly been better for him. So I don't know if you agree with all that, but what do you kind of see as the better plays for him to run if you were going to kind of advise Scott Turner?
1: No, I would just say, man, you know what they have to do with him, you know, just basically harp on letting him know that say yourself for the next play, you know, don't don't feel like when things break down now you have to you have to make a, a you know this you know um, great play, you know, whatever is there, there take take what's there. You know a lot of guys, um, I've seen a lot of quarterbacks like that, that man, they still want to make that big play. And and rightfully so, you know, if you have it in you, you have it in you. But we also know that's when disaster happens. So uh Heineke was good at it. You know, I can't say that, you know, I, I feel like every time something broke down, Heineke was able to make something happen. Right. And that was you kind of hated being in that situation time and time again because you can't play football that way. You can't play Hoping heroics is always going to happen each down. You don't right. want to see that kind of play. You want to have something efficient enough that's ran like a, you know, a well or a machine. And I think that's where it comes with the run game. I think we really need to get behind our run game. Uh, we can't just use this arm um, because he has it. We also know where, he, where he's been with that arm. Um. We also know what he went through. So I'm hoping that this coaching style, which I believe they are, just knowing who they have, you know, look, this is what he did well last year. This is what – this is when their, their team played well last year. They, they go back the years before. This is what he looked good at then. This is when things, you know, hit the fan for him. And this is when, you know, he tried to press on. So you can't put him in those situations where he's going to press because you know he's a presser. He's a guy that when things get tight, he's going to press and try to be Carson, try to be himself because he's used to making those plays. He used to getting out of them. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. And when a team knows that you're that kind of guy, they're waiting for you to do that. They are waiting for you to press, so they can now feel like, okay, we got where we want him to be at, and now all we gotta do is get hands up, get in his face, and make something happen with him. And that's what the defenses are teaching their, you know, are teaching their players. So I just think we need to find the right kind of rhythm to the offense, uh, running the impasse and passing, and allow him to have some kind of, you know, um, I guess you can say it to not be so feel like it's just on his arm, you know. And, and I don't think we're gonna probably press them to the point to where he feel like it's all on his shoulders.
0: Um, all right. Obviously, a good move for for the offense is to get the ball in the hands of the playmakers at receiver in particular. This is what's going to be really fun about this group, it feels like when everybody's out there. You've got Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson. Let, let me start with the rookie. Uh, I imagine you've you've been impressed. Everybody's been very impressed with what we've seen from Dotson, but his hands, his route running, his maturity, it all seems good. You can if if I'm wrong, you'll tell me. Tell me something you you want him to work on based on what you've seen. Because I all I've been hearing is how good he is, and I'm a, I am keep writing that myself. What does he need to work on, do you think, at this
1: point as a rookie? Work on just being ready. <laughs> I mean, look. Oh, man. I mean, honestly, it's, it's always something. It's always something. Like, I haven't – I'm going to be as honest as I can be. I haven't seen him enough to sit there and say, this is what I don't like. Every time I've seen him do something, it's almost like you're watching a, a veteran. Right. Watching the guy, that's he's he's so poised. He's so um, let me you polished. That's you very you rarely see a guy this young that's young as polished. I mean, he don't he don't. I try not to do this because these guys have made plays on this level. Terry has made play after play after play after play after play after play after play on this level, and you can't tell me who's the rookie when it comes to watching them t- together. Now I'm pretty sure, like I say. I'm pretty sure it's something that he probably hasn't done on a consistent basis that they can tell you. But when I'm watching, if I just forget about, number one, being a rookie, I'm watching his routes. I'm watching his get off. I'm watching how he come off the ball. I'm watching how he set guys up. I'm watching his hands. He looks like he's been around this group for a while. So, you know, it's going to happen. Something's going to happen. It's going to be where he have to understand because, you know, just being a a professional is deeper than just – Uh, you know, playing pro football is deeper than just going out there and playing pro football. You have to learn how to be a a consistent pro, rather you know, just go out there and make plays. It's stuff on the field, stuff off the field, stuff as the season, you know, go on. So it's going to be plenty of things he's going to have to work on. But, man, right now, I I mean, the sky's the limit right now for the guy. He looks great.
0: Um, Well, I mean, that's, you know, I'm glad to hear that a guy like you is – viewing it the same way because like i said when i've been watching him i keep waiting for the the rookie moment okay where's the yeah. thing that's he you know some drops he clearly misran a route uh, you hear some coach yell at him and <laughs> nothing's happened and I'm not yeah. saying we want that it's just like i keep waiting for it to happen because that's typically where, where we are and like you said it is no this is not about terry but it is yeah. hard to tell when you're watching him who's uh. the 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 vet and even like terry's had a couple of drops in camp maybe not have i haven't seen them Dotson, yeah. But dotson just wildly consistent. It's been impressive.
1: What's impressive is I'm, I was a rookie. I know how it feels. I was the same draft pick, first round, in the same slot, 16. I knew the pressure coming in might have been a lot different because I was in New York, so the media is different. They was looking for this, you know, whatever, whatever. So I know that. But I was even comparing my moments before I hurt my knee in camp, you know, my rookie season. I was dominating. You know what I mean? I was really lighting it up. And I remember hearing the guys tell me, "Hey boy, hey, hey, things are looking, boy. Ooh, you're going to have a great season." You know, so I remember that. And I'm watching him. I also remember I didn't see myself as sharp as him, you know what I'm saying? I'm thinking back like, "Man, I didn't I didn't look like that as a rookie. I might have made some plays, but I don't think I was as confident." I'm looking at him, and I don't know how confident he is, but he looks very confident in everything he does. So You know, as a rookie, I was still thinking. You know, I was out there, You can every play I was thinking about, what I'm going to do, how I'm going to do it, I was still learning the playbook, all that type of stuff. So that might be something that we don't know if he's thinking or not, but from what we're seeing, he looks flawless, you know, and you're never flawless, you know what I mean? Knock on wood, you're never flawless, but so far so good, man. That's why I say I want to see him in a game setting, and I want the offense to be clicking on all cylinders when it's time for him to make a play because see what well, folks better realize as receivers, we need everybody, you know, we can't just go out there and do what we do without the line blocking, while the quarterback been on point, without the guys in the backfield running out their plays or protecting the quarterback. So if everything, you know, adds up on his play, I want to see him be able to be him because now we will say, okay, you know, cause we saw that last year with the kid from Cincinnati, you know, <laughs> I remember reaching out to him.
0: Tomorrow, Chase yeah.
1: him. We got the week does not, Oh my God, this kid, he's has been a, Oh my, I, I remember, I'm like, he's just pressing, he's pressing. And it got so bad with me, I, I DM'd him. Don't know him from nothing. I've been a fan of him, I DM'd him. And instead of being that guy to be like, hey, da-da-da-da, I said nothing but positive to him. Hey, you got this. This is going to, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. Don't let the game be bigger than what it is. You know, you don't heard these words before. I'm just a fan. You know, you got this. And I don't know how much that meant to him or not. And he replied, man, I appreciate you, OG. And had a great season. So, sometimes you need that, you know what I mean, when you're in that kind of situation. Not to say that, you know, Dawson in that situation, but if you had to compare those two, you know what I mean, you're like, man. So, that's why I want to see him in a game setting because we heard those whispers. As I watched TV all last summer, you heard the guys talking about him on TV like this. He's been dropping balls. He's been dropping balls. He's been dropping balls. balls. He's been dropping balls all we've been hearing about Dawson up here, if someone is not here really watching him, he's been looking phenomenal, Be looking phenomenal and looking phenomenal. So I, I want to see that carry over because I think he has the potential to really light it up for us. If thing goes well for us, you know?
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. For, for, for sure. Uh, let me just go to Terry re- really quick. Uh, I don't think we have to discuss too much about where he's at as a receiver. I think we've all been able to see that for the last three years. And he obviously just got paid. Like he's one of those top guys. So He's all that. Uh, he's to the point, in fact, where we have conversations like who's been the best receiver in the in this for this team in the last 25 years or so. You're part of that conversation. What do you what do you think of that conversation when we talk about where does Terry fit in? And especially since you're one of those people in that conversation.
1: Terry has been phenomenal. I mean, he's been better than I expect him to be. You know, I was a big fan of him just because I know he was a, a very talented fast guy that, you know, basically got it out of the mud. You know, if you listen to how he got into college, if you watched him in college. I watched a lot of Ohio State. So I, it wasn't what you're seeing now, you know, from Terry. Yeah, he made plays, but he wasn't, quote unquote, the guy that you say, okay, he got Terry McLaurin here to come in out here today. We got to right. be ready for him. You didn't hear that.
0: He was going to be had, a special teams guy here. That's it, what they were telling us initially. It
1: was, it was so many other guys too. So, and I know how it is to be amongst a lot of other guys, but to see him really take on, the you know the step his game and rise his game to the level he's he's risen it to in this this league on this level, man you have to just tip your head off to him and you know, um, I watch him as a person outside of football and you can tell why. So I always say say this, you know when I uh, when I watch him make a play or we are talking about him, regardless of what network I'm on, I'm like hey man the man he got the good thing around his head he's he's blessed he's prayed up you know what I mean like he's doing everything right. We had a we had a joke when we, we was in college, when you when you out there making them plays, you got to be walking the right way. You know what I mean? When I say walking the right way, I mean you eating right, you sleeping right, you living right. You know what I mean? You pray, you know, you doing everything right. And we I joke and say that about Terry because I'm like can't lose. You know what I mean? Because he's doing everything right. So now I'm a, I'm i I'm, I'm, I'm. It's been a privilege to watch him. You know, honestly, because he's had to do with a lot of quarterbacks early out the gate. You know, and right. Mine been that way too, throughout my whole career, you know what I mean? From New York to here, even in college, people don't know. I played with a different quarterback in college. So you would sit there and say, well, wow, like that's, you know what I mean? And it was nothing new to me, but you know, you need chemistry to be elite. And that's the one thing that I would have loved to have more of because I considered myself when it comes to my ability as an elite talent. But when you can't put up those, those consistent numbers, because you don't have the elite talent throwing to you, this level is totally different from any other level. And you have to have somebody that really knows what he's doing with that, quarter, with that ball in his hand for you to be able to be one of those top tier guys talked about. And even if you don't, you need to have a scheme that basically take care of you. And unfortunately all my schemes was running, you know, run first until we got, and even with Kyle, I'm here, it was run first. You know, it was, we're going to run the ball and then find a way to get, you know, get the ball. You know move the chains on third down. So nowadays the game is wide open. We're throwing the ball. We're gonna find a way to slip screen it to make it look like a run. We're gonna you know, screen pass and make it look like a run. We're gonna do that before we just hand the ball off. And I think with Terry, we haven't been a part of an offense that was fluent enough for him to even even rise this game, you know, raise his game to a different level. And he still has done that by himself. So um, yeah, man, he deserves to be where he's he's mentioned right now. He deserved the money, you know. I'm pretty sure everybody can speak on that and speak for that. But uh, I just want to see it, you know, you know, to get better because all I've been waiting for him to have somebody like a Carson who has an arm um, that could really allow him to really be the Terry McLaurin that we know he can be, stretching the field because I think we haven't seen that yet in his game. All
0: right, you're a nice guy. You didn't you didn't definitively say no. Clearly, you're the best receiver for the last 25 years. But you're you're you're, you're a modest guy. I appreciate that. That's fine.
1: You know what? I don't get caught up in it, man. I mean, numbers, man, numbers speak for themselves. It's guys that had come, you know, you got to look at the guys who came in here that did good. And then you got to look at the years, you know, when I was doing my thing. So it's, and you know, so many other folks have their own opinions. I never get caught up into speaking on myself because it's always going to be somebody else's opinion that wants to tell Trump what you did. And at the end of the day, I say, you just pull up, you know, open the book up, look at the numbers. And if, if mine's add up to be, then I appreciate it. And I appreciate me having the chance to go out there and do what I've done because, you know, that's all you can really rely on, the work, the body of work.
0: Well, I'm sure you're learning. On the outside, this is what we do. We we, we compare and contrast because we're not in the mix. This is how we get in the mix. We we do the comparisons, and you guys who are in the mix are like, eh, I got, so a, debate, I got, I got life to live.
1: Game. Yeah, debate game. That's what I always tell my friend, man. He's a debater, and I'm like, look, even though I, I speak on sports – you know, full time. Now I'm not a debater. <laughs> I just tell you how it is.
0: Uh, I hear. Well, let me get you out of here on this. So we're going to go into a, a third week here uh, leading into the first preseason game, um, whether it's pick, whatever it is, whether it's watching Carson Wentz's chemistry with Terry McLaurin, you mentioned the defense has been has played well. What are you kind of looking at for this week, whether it's a player or a, or a situation, what do, what do you think is kind of important for them to to, to work on? Or what do you just kind of want to watch this week going into the first preseason game?
1: I think everybody want to see the first guys or the guys that's going to be expected to play to have a good outing, you know, Uh you don't get much. So I'm not sure how much Ryan's going to expect these guys to go out there and do, but with whatever they get, you want to see them be, you know, um, consistent at what they learned and get off the field. Offensively, move the chains at least once time, you know, at least once. And if we can score score, but, you just want to see the guys that's going to be out there to get a feel of everything. You know, I, I can't expect them to go out there hitting on all cylinders. Cause that's kind of far fetched, but you know, and then the guys that are coming in later play football, play like your head on fire, you know, make a team, you know, and that's what you want to see from the twos, the threes, the guys, that's, you know, these young guys, this college football all over again, go out there and, 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 and you know, win the game for us. So that's how I always looked at preseason. I got up for preseason games. It might sound odd to you, but, man, that gave me a chance to build confidence every week. When I got out there, no matter how many plays it was, five plays, four plays, ten plays, I took full advantage of putting my pads on, just seeing how I'm going to feel, how I'm going to look. That All that stuff goes hand-in-hand when it comes to preparing yourself for, for, for week one, and I just hope these guys get a chance to really have something good to talk about leaving this game, you know?
0: Yeah. No. And, and also, you know, it practices, you know, not, not to sound like uh, Jim gym uh, or Alan Iverson, but you know, practice, you know, it is different than a game and you get to yeah. see which of these guys who look good in practice, or maybe the other way around step yeah. up when, when the game is real, well, even if it is, you know, uh, uh, the one that doesn't count in the standings, you're going to get hit. It's <laughs> yeah. there's a scoreboard, the scoreboard will be moving. So it does count to a degree. And the coaches are certainly going to be watching yeah. uh, Santana. This is great. I'm glad we finally got to do this. Thanks so much for the time, and uh I will see you out there this week. Anything we need to tell the people about uh w- w- what you're up to, other than that people can find you on the Commander's website?
1: Um, you know what? I have a golf tournament uh, of my foundation, 89 Ways to Give. It's this month on the 19th. I'm pretty sure everybody's going to be getting ready for that preseason game the next day. So guys like yourself, you'll probably be flying out. I'm not sure if you'll be in town, not like that. But uh you can go to my website. It's www89 give.org. If you want to, you know, come out and participate, but it's for a good cause. You know, I raise oh, a lot of money through my foundation. and It's all giving back to the community. I'm not big on different, you know, organizations here and there. I'm just big on giving. You know, and I just feel like whatever pops up and someone say, "Hey, this person needs something," I'm I'm there for them. You know, I mean, if I can do it through what I've raised and what I, you know, have have in my foundation. You know, far as you know, the things that we do to reach out and raise money for local. Folks, or just even people in need when it comes to helping them out for the holidays and different, you know, bills like that, you know, when they go, you know, kids in the hospital and stuff like that. So is uh, this August 19th, it's uh, in Creighton, Creighton Falls, I believe. But you can get all that information on the website. So if you're around, you want to participate, you want to go out here and get your foursome, come join us for some fun. It's going to be a fun time. I've had one in 2019. That was the first one. That was the kickoff. And we, we expected to have it every year, but COVID kind of happened. So we put right. them all back into, and now we're going to have the second one. So um, this is something I'm looking forward to doing year in and year out. But uh, this is my second time around. at The first one was a smash. And if you're around and you want to contribute and, and be a part of something great, um, we'd we'll love to have you.
0: You can't have Santana Moss's name, but you can be around him for a, a little bit and help a great cause. Uh, at the same time, but just by giving back Santana, man, I really appreciate it. Thanks. And uh, I'll see you out there.
1: All right, buddy. Take care.